This is the Third and Thirty Podcast, a coach's podcast where we believe opportunity is everything. My name is Coach Praveen Manchbergada, and I'm joined alongside Coach Jason Chaddock, and we are here on June 13th, 2020, from different locations today, and a little farther apart than we first uh, imagined, but it's okay, and we're happy to be uh, we're happy to be uh, here and discussing um, what's happening in the world today, and 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 give you our our drive of the week, and um, there's so many things happening in the world, and and we have a great show planned ahead for you guys. Coach Mario Price, Director of Education of of the American Football Coaches Association, is joining us on the show, and I can't tell you how excited both Jason and I are to uh, welcome him to the show. So we'll we'll, we'll get right into that conversation uh, in a few minutes here. But um, I'd like to now welcome onto the show Coach Jason Chaddock, Coach. Welcome back, show number two. Here we are, and um, how you doing today? How's it going? Coach, I'm doing wonderful. It is a beautiful day outside, sun shining, light breeze coming through. Gorgeous. Keeping, keeping me cooled down, and I'm, I am fired up to be here with you today. Um, you, you and I, we, we talk a lot each week in, in preparation for the show, and, and and this week was one of those weeks we did not get to talk a ton before the show. So as you were just making fun of me, because I was really cheesing it up with a big smile as we were about to get kicked <laughs> off. I'm excited. I'm excited to be talking to my man, Praveen Mantra I'm excited to be getting Coach Price on here. And I'm, I'm ready to dive into the constant change that we're going through not only as, as coaches, as leaders, as a society. We are in overdrive of change right now. And that's really, that's really what's on my mind today, Coach, is uh, we, got, you know, we got a lot of feedback from, from friends out there and, and from people tuning in who maybe didn't even know us before tuning into the show and, and giving us that feedback, that, that great positive feedback of how awesome it was for them to listen to us and learn from us uh, they're, how impressed they were with, with the show, a couple of guys and nobody really knows who we are out there in the real world. And, you know, they're getting, getting to learn as, as you said, we're that vessel for them to begin to learn. And, and all the really feedback, ex- we truly appreciate it. I mean, it was pretty surprising and humbling to, to get those kinds of feedback from people. So, I mean, we really do appreciate all the, all the kind words that we got from, from that first show with, uh, with Bert Borgman. Yeah, it was awesome. And, and, you know, to get that feedback, it, it really was enlightening because it's things people wanted to learn about and it's, and it's the, the history that we got to learn and, and then discovering the leadership. And that's what's on my mind today is leadership, leadership in a changing environment and education in a changing environment. And right now, the way we are operating, we are changing in society so rapidly Two weeks ago when you and I talked, we were talking from a business perspective and a coaching perspective. And, and what was on my mind then was we were talking about our professional lives, opening up our jobs again. We were talking about the small groups that we were going to get to work with. Then conversely on the football field, the small groups of, ch- uh, of, of children, I say children, the small groups of players that were able to get <laughs> together and start, start teaching and educating. Two weeks later, all the dynamics have changed again already. So what I'm really looking at is how do we grow through education? 
how do we grow in our leadership, not just through the education, but through our life experiences? And how do we rely on one another? Because I'll tell you, I have in my, in my business, I have uh, some people that are getting tired fast because we have a lot going on right now. We're hitting the groove of summer. And as leaders, how do we stay positive? How do we keep sending a strong message of leadership and togetherness as a team, whether it's on a field, on a court, whether it's in the, in the classroom, whether it's, whether it's in the business world? How do we send a strong message as a team? Everyone is reducing their budgets, whether it's the sports world or the business world. Everybody in the country right now is reducing budgets. And how do we continue to have motivation? How do we continue to build a strong team in the face of all this? And that's really what's on my mind today is, is what are the little things that I can do? How do I encourage the people I work with? How do I encourage the athletes? How do I keep encouraging them to hit their drive? We've talked about it. Drive. We're going to hit this drive all day, every day. If not every show. <laughs> yeah. It, it's who we are. It's what we do. Absolutely. You know, so that's really what's on my mind today. How do we progress forward? How do we hit our drive when we're seeing so much adversity around us? We're seeing the ups and downs of what's going on. Guys, I'm telling you, when your drive is dialed in and your motivation is there, when you know that purpose, okay, when you have the purpose, you've got it. And that is what's going to drive you through these adverse situations, whether you're preparing for an athletic season, whether you're preparing for a business meeting next week, whether you're preparing for some, some difficult messages to send to staff, how, do you, how you deliver that message in this moment is what's going to set you apart as a leader. How do you develop a message of we're going to cut $1.5 million from our budget and you know that's going to shock people? How do you deliver that message in a way where you say, I'm confident in your abilities as individuals, as a part of this team, and I'm confident in our abilities as a team to work together to see ourselves through this, and we're going to make the right adjustments, and we're going to get through this together. We're going to rely on one another. We're going to trust in one another, and we're going to be there to lift one another up when we're having a tough day. And that's what, that's what I love about building a team, because when you truly build that team, you get it from everybody. Everybody buys in. Everybody believes. Everyone's there for one another. And when that bad news comes in, when that budget reduction comes in, you're able to work together. When you get that athlete that gets injured and he, and he or she is going to miss a couple games, you get through it together. How do we educate each other in the off seasons? How do we educate each other when times are good in the business world? And that's such a key. And I can't wait to talk to Coach Price today to learn more from his perspective. You know, you hit on a couple of really important points. And everything you said was right on, right on the head. And what stood out to me is, is how it's so important of how we approach challenges and how we approach change. Because in, in first, when you first get change in your life, most people they have a negative reaction to it. 
you know, you, you, you don't like what you don't understand, right? You don't, you don't, and that's a huge thing about change. And as we see change, you're seeing a lot of animosity in our society um, throughout all the different things that have happened in just six months of this year, of 2020. And you can see how much people are, uh, you're seeing change happen. And you're seeing pushback, and it's such animosity from both sides because it's it's such it's 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 changing something that might have been in place for years and generations and decades, but it it is now a point in time and and maybe should have been in the past where things need to make me make a different change the path it's leading on. How do we approach it? And I think leading to your second point is how do we approach change and how do we approach it in a in the right rational manner where our emotions aren't going too high or going too low on the situation, it's education. I mean, you said it. And it it goes right into who we're speaking with today, Coach Mario Price, who is the director of education for the American Football Coaches Association. So every single football coach in America (laughs) has this association. And he is the director of educating them. And it's so important that... During such a time like this, going to, you know, you talked about budget cuts. Let's talk about, let's go back to the, the, you know, that's the seniors. Let's go back to these athletes that lost their season. This is change. And where we are, there is currently a city baseball tournament going on that they had to put together. And it is, it, you know, there's certain things that have to be sacrificed. Now, the overall play of the game is pretty much the same. But there are certain things that definitely had to be changed. And there's some pushback. There's some adaptation that needs to happen to it. Yet, if you understand the process it takes, I mean, the people that are involved in making these decisions, the time and effort, getting together, um, spending hours and hours trying to work through this problem, creating rules that they don't even necessarily want to create, but you have to create and you have to enforce. I mean, everyone's having to come together and create this change, but these are the times that we're all dealing with, and it's how you rationalize it during the time, and you have to educate yourself. You have to understand wh- wh- the root of the problem and the progress that that problem made or didn't make and the solution that might have been fixed and maybe the resurfacing of the problem again. All those things you people need to be educated on when it comes to change, and that helps you as an individual – to approach and adapt to change in a much more powerful way to where it's not creating animosity, violence, playing, fighting fire with fire. It's, it's creating actual change and actual progress to creating a better world and creating a better self. And that's what we want to be is become the best self that we can be. And I'll add in one point. You hit such a great point. The rules or the guidelines, however you want to define them, across all walks of life right now are literally changing on a daily basis. Literally on a daily basis. And I see, I see two types of people out there right now. I see the person who is fighting against it, doesn't believe in it because it's not the way they're used to doing business or it's not the way they're used to coaching. And then you have the other person group that's getting on board understanding it's difficult right now 
accepting that it can't be the way it was last year right now. It can't be. And how do I educate myself? Well, I can study the guidelines. I can study the rule changes. Guidelines being the new guidelines we have to operate in. The rules being, okay, this is how it changed this rule. And then the next thing we do is we educate our team. Whatever walk of life we're in, we educate our team as, as, as leaders. We educate our team so everybody understands. Because here's what happens. In that group one scenario, here's what you run into. People are not prepared. People are still fighting against a system. And when they get out there and it's time to perform, whether it's a meeting, whether it's a, a leadership seminar, whether it's a, an athletic contest, they're not ready. Because they're too busy fighting something else that doesn't involve how they need to perform in whatever setting that is. Group two, they've accepted, they've digested. They might not agree. Just because you accepted it at that moment doesn't necessarily mean you agree. You accepted these are the parameters I have to work with right now. I'm not asking you to, to be happy about everything. This is what we have to work in right now. And... They educated those around them. When opportunity presents itself, it's too late to prepare. So we have to be preparing nonstop. We have to be reading all these new guidelines, all these new rules, all these changes. We have to be reading them nonstop. Because when that day comes that they say, take the field, or when that day comes that they say, let's jump into this meeting, we got to be ready. And it's our job to have the people around us ready because we're leaders. And that's what I'm fired up to learn about today. The power of education is so underrated. I mean, when I was younger, I even had that issue. And um, understanding the importance of education and the power it has on your mind and your body, <laughs> I mean, it really is It really is impactful. And it, for me personally, I, it, it, it makes – Loads of a difference when I educate myself on a situation than just, you know, there's, maybe I've mentioned it before. I know I've mentioned it off the mic before, but there's headline readers and there's article readers. And there are people that just read the headlines and create their knowledge off that. And then there's people that read the article and articles and to learn about it. Now, some might say, well, there's bias in the articles. Well, you're getting even less information from the headline itself. So if you go out there and read multiple articles and multiple facts and historical documents on the subject, and yeah, it takes time. Yeah, well, Praveen, coach, I don't have time to do this stuff. Well, that's education. You have to put in the time and you got to want to do it. So I think it's time we go right into this conversation with Coach Mario Price. We're really excited to bring him onto the show, and uh, we hope you guys enjoy it as much as we do. Joining us now on the Third and Thirty podcast is Coach Mario Price, Director of Education for the American Football Coaches Association and host of the Inside the Headset podcast. Welcome to the show, Coach Price, and uh, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you, fellas. I appreciate you guys uh, reaching out and getting me on here. I'm excited about it. We uh, we're, we're truly honored to have a, a a pro, like we just said off air on the uh, on the podcast. So uh, let's dive right into the conversation. And uh, Coach Price, if you don't mind telling us a a little bit about yourself and what led you to become uh, director of education for the AFCA and kind of uh, your other current coaching positions you hold. Sure, man. Um, it, it, Unfortunately, it might be a little long-winded, but it all kind of comes together, man. It starts off, I guess, probably around uh, 2002. I was a senior in high school. 
um, you know, going through recruiting process. I had a few FBS mid-major offers, some smaller uh, schools in Texas. Um, you know, I had these handful of offers that were uh, that were military academies, uh, the, the Air Force, Navy, and Army, and. You know, every time I would mention that I had those offers, the the, the attention that people would kind of give to those, um, you know, more from an academic standpoint and from an opportunity standpoint was always very unique. And so um, I, I ended up going on a visit to, to, to West Point, New York. And then at the time, the head coach was Todd Berry. And um, this all makes sense in the end because Todd Berry is the That's executive right. director of the AFCA currently. And so uh, anyways, I, I absolutely loved it, um, me and him. Sync really well. It was an opportunity to play fast. Uh, you know, one of the top educations in the country. You know, just a ton of reasons, man. So I, um, I mean, I went out on a limb and I, I took that opportunity. And you know, had a, had a very very stressful first year there. Um, the military was not something I had a background in, but but was able to play quite a bit. Uh, you know, end up lettering, starting a few games, and uh, played a ton. And was probably going to have a pretty pretty decent career there. But Coach Barry was let go. And, uh, I, you know, I was, I was teetering that line of transferring out anyways. And so I ended up uh, transferring out to, to Baylor University, which, once again, <laughs> you know, come full circle, this is where the AFCA is at. Uh, <laughs> it, it's here in Waco. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I come and play my years at Baylor. I think I'm going to go to the league, realize I'm not good enough. And, uh, you know, trying to figure out what I'm going to do. And I, I got an opportunity to hop into coaching. So I coached here in uh, Waco ISD and uh, started off as a middle school coach, uh, had an opportunity to coach the high school and, um, you know, realized that this was my passion for sure. You know, just working with young people, trying to, trying to, uh, you know, win some ball games, scheme, just all the great things that come with the game of football. And uh, my coach that I played for at Baylor, um, you know, he was let go after my senior year. So I spent three years in Waco ISD and he got a job at Texas A&M Commerce and he gave me a shout which was kind of crazy because, uh, you know, I, I definitely had a good relationship with him. Don't get me wrong, but uh, we didn't spend a ton of time talks, talking to X's and O's. But, sure. you know, I ended up getting a lot of my playing time, not necessarily on talent, but more on uh, knowledge of the game, I guess. And, you know, he hit me up and said, hey, man, I got an opportunity for you. Um, and it was a tough decision at the time. I knew I wanted to coach college ball, but it was a significant pay cut. <laughs> but it was a tremendous opportunity. Uh, to go coach at Texas A&M Commerce. And so I kind of fast forward through this process. I spent a couple of years at Texas A&M Commerce. Um, I ended up taking a job at Millsaps College. Um, but when I first got that first college gig, I, I picked up the phone. I called every last college coach I played for um, that was in both the Army football program and both the Baylor football program that I've dispersed at this point in time and just let them know, hey, I'm in, I'm in college coaching. If you ever got anything, if there's ever anything I can do, um, you know, please reach out. And, you know, it, it, the coaching world is hectic, and I, I've, I've received those texts and calls before. And, and because of this situation, I always respond. But, um, you know, a lot of the coaches didn't, didn't get back to me. Uh, <laughs> but but Todd Berry did, and he was the head coach of Louisiana Monroe at the time and said, hey, man, uh, glad, glad, glad to hear from you. Uh, you know, I might have a GA coming open down the road, uh, stay in touch. And I saw him at the AFCA convention as I'm visiting there as a coach. And he said, hey, you know what? I, I might have something coming up. Just keep your phone on. And he gave me a ring while I just right after I took the job at Millsaps College. And I followed him over to Louisiana Monroe, where I GA for him for one semester. And uh, got offered an opportunity in northern Arizona to go coach receivers over there. We had a tremendous season at ULM. I really wanted to stay. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't necessarily want to depart, but I was kind of making a business decision. And he said, "Hey, look, man, we got a, we got an open uh, wide receiver position here. 
He brought me on full time. I was with him for five years. Our staff got let go. That point in time, uh, this is 2015. He took over the AFCA as the executive director, uh, following up Grant Taft. And I went to Davidson College over in North Carolina. And uh, man, he you know he immediately hit me up as soon as as soon as we all kind of parted ways and said, "Keep your phone on, man. I'm gonna hit you up at some point in time with, with a good opportunity." And uh, we ended up connecting, man. And he offered me a position. Uh, I had a kid on the way. I was a little homesick. I was uh, my salary was going way up and way down. Uh, you know, <laughs> the coaching. Uh, you know, I was like, man, this this could be a good opportunity for some stability, get back to home, and uh, still be able to impact the game. Um, you know, not necessarily directly, but uh, in an indirect direct way. You know, impacting these young people by making sure the coaches are prepared as possible. So, anyway, sorry for the long winded answer, but that is the the journey that kind of you know started in two thousand two, and uh, you know, twenty twenty puts me here at the AFCA. No, that's fantastic diving into the whole story. I mean, that's, that's, uh, I'm sure most people don't know, uh, you know, you went to army for one year and I'm sure that even though it was a stressful year, I'm sure that taught you a lot about discipline and then, you know, responsibility at that time. And, um, right. and that's, that's pretty amazing. Now being the director of education, I'm sure that's a big role. I'm sure that takes, uh, um, you know, is a very important and impactful role that you have as a, as it's not only a job, but I'm sure it's a passion that you have. And, uh, I want you to, you know, take us through your idea of why education is, is so important and, you know, maybe what can be done differently um, or what we can keep hammering on um, to our coaches and athletes to help them better themselves. And, and maybe if there's a lack of education that you see and how, kind of how, how we can kind of better that um, in, in, in our coaching world. Yeah, man. I mean, I think the game of football, I think any athletic uh, you know, sport for that matter is, is privy upon a coach pushing his athlete to be better, to, you know, to st- study, get in the weight room, um, you know, know the playbook, you know, all these different entities. And sometimes it's hard for us as coaches to kind of check ourselves and make sure that we're also following that same path. And, you know, um, the AFCA does offer tremendous opportunity to, to help facilitate that. And, you know, one of our marquee events is the, national convention that's held every single year where we have over a hundred speakers. And, um, you know, we talk about anything from X's and O's on the field to, to, to chalk talks where you're, where you're on the whiteboard to, you know, leadership, um, you know, better ways to relate with your players. Uh, you know, I mean, just everything. I mean, uh, it, 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 we, we really try to you know, check all of our boxes at every convention. And so, you know, to kind of answer the second part of your question in regards to, you know, what, can we do better in education? I think, uh, you know, these last 2020 has been crazy, which we all know mm-hmm. I think can probably all agree on, but I think with the uh, lockdown that a lot of us experienced and, um, you know, a lot of coaches weren't able to be around their young people. It was pretty cool to see um, a lot of coaches online, just trying to, trying to find ways to learn, trying to find ways to network. And, uh, you know, we took advantage of that as well and put on some virtual clinics. And, uh, you know, that was our first time doing that and just just basically grabbed the coach and, hey, man, would you hop on for 45 minutes, just talk some ball or just talk some culture, just talk some recruiting, whatever. And, uh, you know, and you saw these coaches come over in groves and they're asking questions, man. And uh, I, I, I think we, we might have stumbled upon some really, you know, meeting coaches where they are. Uh, because every year we have that national convention, uh, you know, if, if it's in Nashville and you're, 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 you know, middle school, high school football coach over in, uh, you know, Wyoming, <laughs> it might not be that feasible for you to hop <laughs> in and you know, sure. take a couple of days off and, and, Absolutely. and be, able to be there, but you know, just affording guys opportunities that can't be around and, um, you know, 
creating a database of that information, which is what we've done as well. We opened up our educational library, which is, uh, you know, all the all the convention material. We have it recorded and have it in a database that's searchable and just allow for coaches to kind of kind of learn when they can, you know, whether you're, uh, uh, <laughs> you know, sitting on, sitting on a pot for a couple minutes in the restroom, you know, pull the phone out and watch, <laughs> watch, watch, a, watch a few clips or something like that. Or, uh, you know, I'm uh, guilty. <laughs> yeah, no, no question. Man. But just sneaking in those opportunities to, to, to better yourself. I no think kidding. that's something that we, we, we have stumbled upon here over this last year that I think can be really beneficial for our coaches. Coach Price, I am going to give an absolute huge plug to the AFCA convention because <laughs> my man, my man Praveen and I had the opportunity to go to Nashville this this past year, and I left there, and I know Praveen left there saying, "Wow, this conference is amazing." We've gone to the Glazier Clinic, you know, tons of times. Nothing, and that clinic's totally different. Correct. Um, the I went to some of the on the field stuff with the X's and O's going on and how I do, how you do drills and how, how you prepare athletes. I went to leadership stuff. I went to some chalk talks and I am telling you this conference was so amazing. We had not even left yet and we were already making our plans for next year. <laughs> Good. Man. And, and I, I'm telling you, so, so big plug to that conference. <laughs> it is amazing. Um, I cannot wait to go back. We'll, we'll dive into that a little bit later in this podcast. Uh, we hope, we hope there's still a, a conference to go to, but uh, we'll dive into that later. Right. Um, one of the things that I really want to jump into, and I got to learn about this a little bit at the conference because we got to listen to some phenomenal coaches and um, we got to learn from them at that leadership perspective. And one of the things I really want to learn from you is uh, we, we know mistakes are part of the game. Mistakes happen every day in practice. They happen in every game, no matter how much we prepare. How do we best help our co-coaches as well as our athletes overcome these mistakes? What are some of the different methods that maybe you've used or that you've seen from other coaches? Yeah, man, I think that, you know, first and foremost, uh, regarding mistakes, um, and I guess success on, on the flip side of that is an old adage that I heard and I've always just kind of hung on to. And I know I would say to my players at times, you know, whether it was a tough, tough loss or a, a big win is, um, you know, success is never final and, and failure is never fatal. And I think that I is that. something, um, you know, if, if you're in this game that in any game for that matter, life in general man i think that's something that you have to you have to understand and uh you know mistakes man i i, I don't want to say this the wrong way they're encouraged um because that means you are most likely doing something that is putting you outside of your comfort zone um you know if if we were able to kind of navigate and never really make mistakes and how hard are you really challenging yourself? So I kind of started off there, but you know, once we encounter those mistakes is kind of what you're getting at. How do we overcome them? I think, uh, you know, first and foremost, <laughs> and I, I don't want to um, make my job sound more important than what it is, but I think education is a huge part of it. <laughs> and, and, and um, you know, from, from a co-coach's perspective, I think the ability for us to, uh, you know, take these chunks out, out of the year when we're free and educate ourselves and, and, you know, find coaches that are doing things maybe maybe better that might have better answers on some mistakes that we might have had throughout the course of the season from, from a coaching perspective. Hey, you know what? I don't uh, – I didn't handle, um, you know, kneeling the ball correctly. I remember, man, we uh, – <laughs> 
<laughs> sorry, sorry to get off topic here a little no, bit. Oh no, just, please. <laughs> we were. Um, I was at I was at Louisiana Monroe. And we were playing Florida International. We had a absolutely amazing season, best season in school history, and. Um, you know, being one of those mid-major programs, we didn't have enough bowl tie-ins, even though we were bowl eligible in our conference to, to kind of ensure that we would get to a bowl. So we knew at that point in time, we were seven and five, uh, seven and four. And uh, we knew we needed a, an eighth win in order to, to, to lock down a, a bowl bid. And uh, we played Florida International. They're one in the uh, one in 10 at the time. And we should go in and destroy them. But, you know, if it was easy, everybody would do it, right? So all of a sudden, <laughs> exactly. uh, we're down, we're up by touchdown, and we have enough time to nail the ball. And 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 so we're shotgun five wide majority of the time this season. I mean, just chunking the ball around. And we asked our quarterback to get under center, which he has done zero times throughout the course of the year. Oh, oh, minus, oh, no. you know, minus, minus a couple times. So, yeah, you already know where this is going. <laughs> yeah, this doesn't sound like a good one. <laughs> yeah, you know, so we snap the ball, and uh, the quarterback takes a knee, but he doesn't have the football with him, and they end up with it. Oh. They throw fade right on the next play. They score a touchdown. We're in overtime. Uh, now, unfortunately, we're able uh, to. <laughs> and, and just to paint a better picture, because I'm sure you guys have, uh, you know, may, may uh, have experienced some some head coaches uh, that, that might be a little tough. And this is Todd Barry, so he's amazing. But he is covered in – he already has his ice bath, ice bath oh, on no. the elevator oh. on the way down. So the game is over as far as we're looking. But uh, now it's overtime and we have to get back up to the box. He's shaking ice crumbs out of his shirt. Um, and, and he's living and we're upset. And so, anyways, you know, like I said, we were able to come win the game. But ultimately – we we start visiting with staffs and spend a lot a lot of time in shotgun. Just kind of ask how they how they go about it. When they take the time to take snaps, and then you, we run across the staff that was just like, hey, you know what? Um, regardless of our numbers, if we lose five yards per uh, per nil, we'll we'll go ahead and live with that if we're going to take the W. And so from there on out, we 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 took uh, you know we we took a knee after shotgun, hmm. uh, excuse me, out of the shotgun, and uh, you know took those minus five yards every time. And you know, <laughs> sometimes it'll hurt when you're on the brink of breaking some records or something like that. But sure. uh, at the end of the day. You know that was it was it was a big mistake. It wasn't on the kids. It was on us as coaches. And you know we went and educated ourselves to find a way to get better. And now as far as players, I think uh, I think it's important that you that you have great a tremendous relationship with your kids because uh, once kids make mistakes, uh, you know I coach receivers. I had sixteen in a room at any given point in time, and uh, one of them I could scream and yell at, and he would fix it. You know the other one I would scream and yell at, and he would shut down. You know, another one, I couldn't say anything to him where other people were public because he would be embarrassed, you know, and there was another kid that, you know, I had to draw it on the board. And so I think the huge, uh, the biggest part is is, is just kind of knowing who you're dealing with in, in regards to your kids and, and how to best guide them through mistakes. Coach, I really love how you just mapped your way through that final phase there. Because that is one of the things that I love talking uh, to people, whether it's at football or whether it's at work. Because um, we're a couple high school coaches, so we're still in the business world as well. And I love how you define that to how you had to adjust to each different player. Right. And that is, that is phenomenal. Thank you so much for, for sharing that part. Because I think sometimes people we work with hear it from us. And it just sounds like lip service because they always hear it from us. So now you just backed us on that. So I love it. Now, yeah. now we say, you don't believe us? Go listen to the podcast because Coach Price is going to tell you the same darn thing we do. Absolutely. I, you know, one of the, I think, a big misconception, I think, uh, 
you know, one of those answers you're preparing to interview is, uh, you know, are you going to treat all your players the same? Absolutely. Well, that, you know, I, I get it in, in a very general sense. Yeah. You know, every player should feel the same amount of love from you and fairness and all those types of things. But, you know, if you feel like you can go and coach every last kid on, on, in, a, in a program, the same, I mean, you're kidding yourself. It's just, it's just not like that because, uh, you know, especially as you, especially as you get into college and NFL and I, and I'm not saying football is more important, but you just think about the demographics. If you're playing high school, most of the kids are from the same area, probably have some of the same similarities in their background when you get in college and all of a sudden you got kids from different States, uh, uh, you know, some rich, some poor, some black, some white, some this, some that, some this, you know? And so all of a sudden, you, you know, you better have very, very, very strategic ways in how you approach them. So, um, you know, I, I, I definitely think there's, you know, not one cookie cutter approach in regards to that. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you on that. And, and, you know, now I want to dive into mistakes a little deeper. And, you know, I, I know sometimes as coaches, sometimes as leaders in, in, in the sports realm or the workforce, we run into things where there are just mistakes that are so big that it, it comes down to we need to take a completely different approach or maybe this person can't be a part of what we're doing anymore. Have you ever encountered a mistake that was too big to overcome and, and maybe you had to part ways? Yeah. And and if so, how did you approach it? And, and were you able to help them again in the end? Yeah, man. Uh, unfortunately, uh, you know, kind of in my journey as a, as a coach, I've, I've been in those unfortunate situations. Um, you know, I, I, I kind of reflect back to the Netflix documentary, uh, Last Chance You. Mm-hmm. And I know it's really about that junior college atmosphere. But the reality of it is Division Two football is very, very similar to, to, to that because, uh, man, you, you end up with a lot of kickback kids from uh, Division One programs that might have felt drug tests or, uh, you know, had some kind of, you know, charge or had been dismissed from a university. And you, you, there's, uh, you know, you got – you have four semesters, or I can't remember the exact rule, but you have like eight semesters of football or something like that. And so you end up with kids that are 27, 28, 29 years old in your program that, uh, you know, have had full-time jobs. And, I, you know, I remember when I was coaching Division II ball, I had, I had at least seven or eight guys that were about three, four years older than me. As a, you know, as a, as a <laughs> wow. No kidding. And so, uh, yeah, you know, we, uh, throughout that course of, in, in that period of time, man, I mean, we definitely had some headaches. And uh, but to go to a particular situation, I was at Louisiana Monroe. We had this transfer um, from Colorado that, you know, it, it, it came back home because his mom was dealing with some issues. And um, you know, he was with us, and he was, was so talented. It was it was unbelievable. And I I remember. Before spring break, uh, you know, he he had the tendency to find himself in trouble just a little bit. And I was in my office just giving him a lecture, man. Just come on, dude. You know, just lock in, man. You got so much talent. You can change your life. You can change your parents' life, this, that, or the other. And he went home for spring break, and he found himself, uh, you know, in trouble with, with the law. And uh, unfortunately, you know, he was never even able to return because he was actually – he was actually in jail for a little bit. And, th- you know, and so he was in, ended up being excused from school and – uh whatever the situation turned out to be, he ended up being able to not, not be charged or whatnot, but he decided he wasn't going to come back to college and he took a year off. And uh, so I didn't hear from him for a long time. And I'd always wanted to reach out to him, but I just, you know, I just couldn't, I couldn't, it wasn't never the time, man. And uh, anyways, I ended up finally, finally giving him a call. And he was like, coach, man, I want to play ball. Um, 
you know, can, can you help me out? And I was like, man, dude, I'd do absolutely anything for you. Because you love these kids like they're your own, mm -hmm. regardless of the mistakes that they make. Yep. You spend so much time with them. I mean, you're at the office 16, 17 hours a day. They become one of your own. And, uh, you know, I end up help, helping it, helping a young man out. And uh, he ended up at Texas m Commerce. And uh, it, it wasn't under the coach I played for, but I knew that staff really well. And he, he ended up being a key part of those guys winning the national championship. And uh, uh, the, probably the, one of my favorite days post-coaching here as I've been sitting around at the AFCA is uh, my phone getting a ding and I look down and it's a firm request from the, from the young man on Facebook. <laughs> you know, and I, I don't know why that just means so much to me. And then, so I talk to him here every, every couple weeks and all that kind of stuff. And he's doing well in life. And, uh, you know, ultimately, uh, you know, that, that, that mistake was too big to overcome. I would have loved to keep him in the program. He would have helped, um, you know, helped us keep a job to be honest with you. But uh, when it was all said and done, I think life kind of panned out the way it needed to be. And we were still able to maintain a great relationship. You know, you, you hit it right on the head and I, you know, I want to go back to our last show where, you know, coach, coach Chaddock was talking about um, not building winners for this season, but building winners for life. Right. And I think you hit it right there with, you know, he had an opportunity to play ball. He messed that up. But in the in the grand scheme of things, you know, he's got so much more to live for and so much more opportunity to come up that now it seems like, you know, he's striving and he's doing a great job. And that's that's what I try to tell some of these kids. You know, our, you know, I coach baseball as well at the high school. So the whole baseball season got canceled. And, right. you know, that's what I tried to tell the seniors is, you know, this is really, tr you know, this is tough. And, you know, you're losing your senior season. Even if you're not a senior, you're losing a season. But this is such a small point of your life, you know, you learn from it and you kind of take what you can glass half full approach and, and you hopefully yeah. can come out on top, you know, and that's, it's, uh, it's, it's huge to kind of have that approach and to also be able to forgive and be, I mean, you said it best is you treat them like your own, no matter what mistakes they make, you want to, you want to find a way to help them. And I think that's, that, that was a perfect example there. Absolutely, man. That's the, you know, that's what I love about the game of football. Like the actual game itself is it's, it's just so indicative of, life itself i mean uh you know you run a play and you, you do exactly what you're supposed to do and and you know maybe a good thing it happened maybe not and and sometimes you do exactly what you're supposed to do and and you fumble the ball and you get a turnover and you know it, it's just a game uh, the, the game is just life marked off in 100 yards man i mean it's just the ebb, the flows the ups the downs um, and so you just got to appreciate it and make sure that those kids, when they walk off that field, they didn't just walk off with a great four-year experience. They're able to kind of take some of those experiences from the game itself and apply it to life. Absolutely. The, um, I appreciate you sharing with us. The last thing we want to dive into with you, Coach Price, is, you know, the inspiration of Third and 30, you know, Coach's podcast is, it, it you know, it kind of started at the AFCA convention this year. Uh, coach Chaddock just alluded to it of, of us being there. And um, we, we saw Coach uh, PJ Flex spo uh, speak at the convention. And he talked about this Third and 30 idea of being backed up. And not having much, you know, fans are walking out of the stadium and, and they're at home and they're down a touchdown and, and uh, you know, third and 30, you know, this, this is it. If you don't get it, you know, if you don't go for it all, it might not work out. But then they chunked it out, what, they made it fourth and seven. They end up getting a first down, drive down the field, they end up winning the ball game. And that's kind of right. where the uh, inspiration for this podcast came from. And so we want to give our, uh, our listeners an idea of, of uh, what kind of goes into putting that convention together. Um, and I, I, what we saw was a pretty extravagant uh, 
presentation of of it was it blew me out of the water of what I expected. You know, we we flew in from Colorado and and uh, we didn't know what to expect, and it definitely blew us out the water. So I know there's so much that goes into. Um, going into putting this convention together um kind of walk us through maybe a little bit of how, you know what goes into putting it together and and if there is some plans for 2021 what those plans are and and um if it needs to be online if you guys are preparing for that scenario for 2021 yeah man um so what goes into it that is a big question man. <laughs> <laughs> no time for that answer man it is it's a humongous production the reality sure. of it is you know, regardless of how much you guys were able to kind of see, man, it's so much that mm-hmm. you probably didn't get to see. You know, there's uh, multiple, multiple educational opportunities going on at one one time. So, you know, you probably miss one if you're in one room because it's one going on in another room. And then there's also a bunch of business that's going on. FBS head coaches meeting, executive directors from the high school level that come and meet with us and uh, things like that. So it's just so much that's involved. And we, we have a tremendous team there at the AFCA, um, about 13 people on our, like our full-time staff. And what we also do is we employ, uh, I shouldn't use the term employ, but we have coaches that are on some committees for us. And and, and they also do a, uh, do a big part of, uh, you know, just, just helping out with the logistics. But it, um, ultimately, I, I, what your, to answer your question, man, it's really it starts um, for me. It starts in the fall, and I'm just sitting down and I'm watching ball. And I'm seeing guys that are doing great things, and I'm I'm trying to pinpoint you know these programs that are that that are doing really well in a passing game. These coaches that uh, you know very vibrant on social media and that have a good following and that are able to deliver good material. And I'm able, and I'm able to pinpoint some of those guys and say, hey, you know what? I think Scott would be great to hop, you know, throw in the skills and drills field and let him talk about how, how he does defensive backs or, or whatnot. Or, you know, hey, man, P.J. Fleck, that postgame speech, you know, was was <laughs> phenomenal. Let's see mm-hmm. if we can get him up there on the stage to, to, to kick off the convention for us. And, uh, hey, you know, Blake Anderson is a stand-up guy. And, you know, he lost his wife and had a great story to tell if you guys. Absolutely. Uh, that that one was amazing, and so uh, you know it's it's just all these moments that that are happening throughout the course of the year, and uh, so me and me and Coach Barry, we we kind of sit back and we're we're looking at a bunch of those situations and and, and, and just trying to trying to find pieces and, and put them in, and we want to make sure we we have coaches from all levels, and we want to make sure we got young coaches, old coaches, and uh, you know coaches from different creeds and all that kind of stuff, and um, you know I'm I'm a I, I kind of told you earlier, I'm a five wide, throw the ball every down, although I play running back, which is ironic, but uh, no, that, that's fine. I, I love that, man. And I love the most wacky creative stuff that you can think of, mm-hmm. man. But, you know, if we, if we built the, built the convention around what I like, you know, there'd be a bunch of people left out. So just making sure you got triple option and uh wing T and spread. And, you know, so it's, it's, uh, it's a lot of thought process, but just making sure that the pieces fit. And, uh, and we've been fortunate here over the last couple of years that the pieces fit. And, um, you know, and, and I think a big misconception about the AFCA convention is that it is tailored to be similar to Glazier or similar to USA football or anything like that. It's, I mean, you know, they, they do a great job in those, uh, in, in their space. Um, and, and we do a great job in ours. Ours is just, you know, much more about the, the networking aspect. It's, it's, it's so much about just getting coaches and locking them in for a couple of days. And then uh, what, as far as what's planned for 2021, um, 
I know one of you guys mentioned the skills and drills field. That was actually my first idea when I got to the AFCA. I, I remember being a coach at the, at the Chalk Talks, and you always have those last 10 minutes in that room, and you're like, hey, Coach, man, show us exactly how you do this. And <laughs> it's a bunch of us standing up in khakis and polo shirts. And, <laughs> and, I, always, and I always said to myself, man, it would be really, really cool if they put a football field somewhere around here where you can actually do the drills. And mm-hmm. so when I first got here, it was kind of one of the first ideas I pitched, and it just made too much sense. So, uh, you know, that, that was – <laughs> I'm always trying to cook and yeah, uh, come up with good ideas like that. You know, we, we've inputted it. Hopefully you guys have the chance to come watch the national championship game where we catered the food. And yep. drinks and yes. like that. So, uh, you know, that was another idea that kind of came about coach Barry brought that idea to the table. So you know, we were always trying to be creative. I, this year, what we were thinking about doing was, uh, you know, putting, putting in a field and actually having a few coaches, Emulate a staff meeting where they're breaking down an opponent and uh, just just really talking about how they approach the game and break down. Because, uh, I mean, just think back, each one of you guys, your first job, when you went to that room and you just got through playing, you know, you you, you were just sitting there, you just zipped your mouth and you watched all the old coaches kind of speak and you weren't really prepared for it. It's just one of those things that it does take time to kind of learn how to do some of these small intricacies in the game. And uh, we just thought it would be pretty cool to to, to kind of have that. I don't, I don't know if that's going to happen this year with as much of the riffraff that has been going on. And, you know, it's a bunch of people worried about the, the season, let alone the convention right now. So, um, but that, but that is something that we've been cooking on. And I look forward to uh, letting that one out, maybe not this year, but within the next couple of years. And then uh, I know you mentioned, how uh, are we preparing for an online conference? I think what we did with this lockdown was, was a great, uh, kind of test test run for that and and it went really really well we were able to get coaches on and uh you know had a ton of coaches kind of sign up and and be a part of it and ask questions and be involved and engaged and so uh you know absolutely so if, if all of a sudden for some strange reason we can't we certainly would be prepared to uh to deliver it in, in in a digital way for sure well i can tell you why we we really appreciate the fact that there is a coaches association that you know, we are able to to come together. I mean, that for it being, you know, I'm a, I'm a younger coach. I'm in my mid-20s, and, you know, coaching is my passion. And being able to be in the same room as all those coaches and seeing some of those coaches that, shoot, I've been watching on TV, you know, for, for years and being able to speak with them and, and meeting them and the whole networking idea, I think, it's, I think it's really important to come together. You know, when it's Saturday, when it's Sunday, we go out there and compete. But all those other days, we kind of work together to try and better the game of football, better our athletes, better our coaches. And um, right. I think the AFCA is just – it's its a great uh, association, and the convention is just uh, out of this world. So any coaches listening, I mean, I, all of us really – I mean, recommend you get out there and at least at least once. I mean, you can't see everything in one year. That's why we were planning already 2021 while we were there because we knew we were missing so much already. So we want to see that other part. And I'm sure you couldn't even see it in two times. So – um, it's just a great convention, and uh, I, I really uh, applaud the work you guys do for for us coaches to give us that uh, opportunity to really educate and get better as coaches. Well, you know? if you don't mind, if I can chime in real, real quick. Sorry, uh, Coach Chattag, uh, I just wanted to say this here, man. Uh, thank you. And thank you guys for being there. Thank you guys for being engaged. Uh, you know, thank the listeners that that take part of the AFC and what we do because, like I said, it's an office of 13 people, and, and yeah, it's a lot of work that goes into it, but 
the coaches make it special, man. The, the coaches, they come up there, they pour themselves out, they they, they share content. Uh, I'm, I'm almost positive they don't have a, a pizza convention where, you know, Little Caesars is <laughs> sharing a recipe with Papa John. No kidding. It's the reason that that's not the case. And uh, it's just because our coaches – uh, they don't care. They, they, they're they willing to pour into each other. And uh, so everybody can give their best to these young people. So thank y'all, man. Sorry to interrupt. No. no oh, that was the, that was the, the perfect thing there. You got me dying here with the pizza convention. <laughs> <though>. <laughs> um, Co- Coach Price, I, I want to highlight one, one other thing from the convention. And I know uh, Co- Coach, uh, Coach already took us through. Uh, PJ Fleck was was a phenomenal presentation, and and that's where we got the third and thirty from after listening to his story and talking mm-hmm. about your, your back being against the wall, but it's never done. And and he's all about leadership. We're all about leadership. I also want to say, um, Coach Anderson, Coach Blake Anderson's presentation. I don't think I took a breath for one hour. Right. I, I am I am being dead serious with this. And not only is he a phenomenal speaker, he's a great leader. And oh my goodness, the story that he told. My my wife and I both follow him, and, and we obviously read a lot of the social media updates he had about his wife's battle. And um, I, I will say, so I, I'm a Christian, and I will say he has a strong Christian message with this. Um, so I'll preface it with saying that, just as he did. Um, can you tell our listeners where they would go if they want to hear either PJ Flex uh, uh, talk or if they want to hear Coach Anderson's uh, talk? Yeah, um, we, we we had the library open for the month of April and May, uh, but the library is back, back shut down now, exclusive for members. But uh, that's right. That's where you can find both of those. At, just go to AFCA.com, sign up for a membership, regardless of your level. It's uh Actually, there's a little fluctuation based on the level, but if you know if you guys got majority high school football coaches, it's sixty bucks, um, you know, for a membership. But once again, it's a very very in depth library with all those speeches, but in particular those two. Um, and PJ Flex spoke a, a few years ago, and it was <laughs> just as energetic and just <laughs> yeah. But yeah, you can you can find both of those in our educational library. All you need is a membership, and uh, you know, follow the link at afca.com. Yeah, and, and I believe I listened to his 2017 speech um, a week after I got back from the convention. I was doing a bike ride and listened to it because I was like, well, I got to hear this guy again. He was awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. And honestly, um, Coach Coach Anderson was on a podcast with us. Uh, it was a while ago, so you guys might not have uh, ran across that one. But it, it was it was along the same lines at the point in time when he was still alive and she was you know, obviously dealing with a bunch of the – uh, cancer treatments and things like that, man. So it was once again a, a, a tremendous story, and, and they were in our conference for a long time. And we we, we played against Coach Anderson, and uh, not only is he just a great guy, he's a phenomenal football coach, man. So uh, he, he he always will have his back, man. Uh, that's 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 all great stuff, Coach Price. We won't won't take up any more of your time. We'll let you get back to your weekend. Um, I want to give a quick shout out to the Inside the Headset podcast. Um, it's a great resource for uh, coaches from all over the country on all sorts of different levels. I know you guys, you're the host of that show, and and you guys really uh, do a great job talking to all sorts of different coaches and getting all sorts of different uh, um, mindsets um, from all across the country and um, 
and also the AFCK, AFCA convention. Again, thanks so much for all the work you do and, and your whole team of, uh, of workers. I, I had no idea it was such a small group, so that's pretty amazing what you guys can do, um, putting, uh, putting all your uh, minds together and putting on such a great convention. So, Coach Price, uh, you know, on behalf of me and Coach Chaddock and I, we really do appreciate taking time out, joining us on the Third and 30 podcast. I hope that we uh, can meet you in person uh, at the convention in 2021. Yeah, you got my number, man. Hit me up. All right, on. Thanks again, Coach Bice. We'll talk soon. All right, later, fellas. Coach Chaddock, uh, what a great interview we just had with Coach Mario Price, Director of Education of the AFCA. I, I, truly humbling to speak um, to Coach Price. I, personally, I listen to his podcast or the AFCA podcast all the time. Um, and to kind of have him on and, and to speak to us and 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 to um, speak on what he was speaking about was pretty incredible to hear. And I really enjoyed the opportunity and, and thank him again for, for really joining us. But um, a couple of things, uh, one or two things that highlighted uh, that stand out to you coach uh, from, from what we talked to coach price about and, and um, yeah, we'll just tell us what stood out to you. I, I'm with you on, on that front of just feeling honored that he would join us. And, and he, he's someone we look up to as he's big part of the AFCA education director. And we listen to his podcast and we're learning from him. And it was just such an honor to have him on here. Um, the, the first thing that stood out to me was when he was talking about having an athlete that made a pretty significant mistake and did not come back uh, to the school. Um, they had to handle circumstances. Ultimately, in the end, he was able to help that person uh, get connected elsewhere, which I think is fantastic. The reason that stood out to me is because you and I spoke about this two weeks ago when we talked about uh, we're not building winners for a single season. We're building winners for life. And I love the fact that Coach Price stood behind this kid. Even though there was a mistake, he didn't give up on the kid for life. He said, hey, you know, yep, it's not going to work out right now. Um, here's how I can help you. Well, to here's be real about it, you. well, to be real about it, it's to be kicked off a team. It's a pretty serious mistake. So, you know, it is, we all mistakes happen, but that was the level of what we were kind of talking about was it's a pretty serious mistake that can be life changing and kind of how it's approached is whether you go this way or the other way. Yeah. And, and I love the fact that they still have a relationship today. Because to me, that is that is what's so important. Um, I, w- I want people that we coach to, in 10 years, when they're graduating from college, when they are moving on, getting married, having a family, I want them to, to be able to come back to us and say, man, you were an inspiration to me. The way I saw you raising your kids, the way you coached me, that helped me become the person I want to be today. And... The other thing that I, I really thought was incredible was, and of course, anytime you get to hear someone's journey, what makes you who you are today? And I'm really thankful to have Coach Price walk us through his journey and talk to us about his college experience as a player. Um, fast forward to his college experience as a coach, what led him to the AFCA, because it is it is so intriguing to just wonder, right? It's always intriguing to just wonder when you read up on somebody. But it's so 
educational when you get to sit down and talk through what really went on. And, you know, no pun intended, but he does education. He's a part of our uh, being a huge education resource for us. Uh, to me, that was very impactful because what I want to know is how has someone's journey molded them to be the professional they are today, to have such a wide-ranging impact on coaches and players? And then also when you're in a leadership role, how has that formulated uh, the platform that you get to stand on? And then what are you doing with that platform? Because I'm telling you, these, these uh, on-the-field experiences that he created – for AFCA, I went to several of them in the uh, 2020 conference, and they were incredible. I loved them so much. I learned a ton. It's a quick boom, boom, boom. You're going through the process fast, but it was amazing. So that's what stood out to me today. Incredible guy who has, has walked his journey, learned through ups and downs, worked in a leadership role, and provides education no that's and teaches you that's that that's what you know those are two those are you know i had so many things that stood out to me and those are definitely a couple of mine you know one of the things for me coach is the mistakes idea and he he said a quote that is um success isn't final failure isn't fatal and i think that is so key to think about Look, if you know anything about me, I love sayings. I love quotes. I love, I love those kinds of you know cliche sayings with you know, those quick quick lines that get you motivated. That's another one that clicked for me big time. I I, I really that really struck a chord with me because if you think about what that means, it's it's you don't want to get too high on success. You don't want to get too ahead of yourself that this is it. I did it. I made it. I, I'm a winner. You want to understand that it's a continued success and it takes consistency and it takes diligence, precision, rigor, <laughs> determination, all those things, right? And, but at the same time, when you, when you take failure and you take it too hard on yourself and you consider yourself a, you know, uh, just exactly that, a failure, um, one that has no future, no opportunity left, I'm at the bottom, I fit rock bottom. You get to that point, that's where you start taking failure as a fatality. But it's not. You learn from failures. And if you, don't, if you understand that what doesn't kill you makes you stronger, there's another one. That's exactly what that means. And that really stood out to me. Um, I, I, I think the other one that stood out to me, and you mentioned it a, a little bit with the, the skills field and being able to visually teach. And he mentioned about overcoming mistakes and different methods. And, and part of it is... How, you know, everyone learns differently. Everyone, you know, reacts to things differently. In this way, in terms of learning, you might it might be good to see it visually drawn, right? It might be good to watch a video. It might be good to just hear a lecture. Or it might be good to visually see it live in front of you done. And that is what Coach Price, being the director of education, really understood is, and he, and he said it, everyone learns differently. So why not give an opportunity that, yeah, there might be a punting class, there might be a, a special teams coach giving a seminar about punting. 
and the importance of punting or the techniques or the mechanics and kind of list them out in a presentation and he stands there and talks to you for 50 minutes. And maybe that's the way you want to. But not all coaches, not all people learn that way. A lot of people need the visual learning. And at the conference in this year that you were talking about the convention, they had a coach teach with a, with, with a punter show live in front of you the mechanics of punting and what's important. And to get all those realms, if you're one that can learn at all those realms, I mean, you're just a special on a different level. But to have the opportunity to learn the way you learn best is what the AFCA does and what Coach Price and the team of um, educators and, and leaders in that AFCA room put together for us coaches. And, you know, he said thank you to us. I want to thank him and and all their work. I mean, it really is impactful. I mean, it has obviously changed our lives and made us live. It's not only the fact that he gave us inspiration to do this podcast, but it's the, the con- convention itself gave us the motivation and drive to create this podcast because it took some time and planning and diligence and and communicating and and some hardware i mean we have other lives we have other jobs this is us you know something we we find time to do and we make time to do it and it's important to us because we want to make a change and that comes directly from what everyone in the afca does so a big shout out to the afca for what they do because it's not just um you know, it's not just trying to get all these famous coaches in a room to get everyone there. It, they really do teach. And every coach that speaks there is really there to teach and educate. They take their job seriously. They take it because it's their passion. Yeah, that's why they take it seriously. So that's what I took from it. I would go as far as saying if you are a leader in the business world, it'd be worth it to go there and just take the leadership platform. Take the leadership uh speeches that are going on and i'm and i promise you you would learn a ton i i I absolutely promise you because it's not just about football it's about being being a leadership role model it's about life it's about the journey and it's your character as a as a man as a a human as a person it's 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 who you are you know i don't believe that there's a coach that's a bad person in public and then a great coach i don't think that those two correlate i don't believe in that you know, you have to be a good person in your community um, and, and at home with your family, at your workplace, at the grocery store, at the ballpark. You have to be someone of high character to be a good coach and to really impact and get people to follow along with you. And, and that's what we're trying to do. That's the whole goal of this, this show is we are two coaches, but we can't impact all, uh, the world. And that's what we want to do. And to, to, to kind of grow and grow and grow, well, we need other people with our same mindset to, to, to pitch their thoughts on the, on, on the point. And they have. And, again, a big shout-out to Coach Mario Price for agreeing to, to come on the show and be a guest and, and really open up and be, and be real with us. You know, not giving the traditional interview answers, but really uh, you know, telling us what, what it is. And how he sees things. And you know what? We see it the same exact way. So we, uh, really, we really do appreciate you joining us on this podcast. Please follow us on social media at 3rd and 30 Podcast. You can listen to us on all major platforms. Give us a shout. Give us a review. Subscribe. Just by a click of a button. Don't cost a thing. 
And we will be back in two weeks with a new guest and new thoughts and new insights and new motivations and new drives just for you to make you the best version of yourself that you can be. That is Coach Jason Chaddock, and my name is Coach Praveen Machbagata. We appreciate you joining us on The Drive.